You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach, talking Chicago White Sox with MLB.com's White Sox beat reporter, Scott Merkin. Scott, uh, it, it is weird to think that the White Sox didn't make any deals at the non-waiver trade deadline, not only because they were expected to, but because there was so much other news that it's sort of hard to process that some of that news wasn't a trade. Um, First, just sort of philosophically, I mean, I think people were really expecting this team to make some moves. There was some talk about them kind of recalibrating. They didn't do any of that. Uh, What was the thought process behind holding on to their assets and uh, just sort of taking it to the end of the year and refiguring things in the offseason? Yeah, you know, I think what kind of happened is this team obviously had the great start to the year, and they've been faltering, you know, barring eight or nine, ten-game stresses ever since. And Rick Hahn, the general manager, came out the Thursday of the last homestand. I want to say it was the first game against the, of a four-game series against Detroit. And basically, you know, admitted the obvious. They were mired in mediocrity. They had been for a while, and they needed to make some changes. And White Sox chairman Jerry Reinsdorf was pretty much open to anything. I think with that said, everyone expected that Rick was going to do the old uh, Roland Heeman routine at the winter meetings and put a table out in front of U.S. Cellular Field and just say, we're open for business, come make your offers, we're getting rid of everyone. But, you know, it doesn't, as you know, it doesn't work that way. And I think, you know, I understand that people get the Chris Sale, Jose Quintana situation if you're trading them because you don't have to trade them, that you're going to ask for exactly what you want and you're not going to move unless you get exactly what you want. They're two valuable pieces not just as two of the best starters in baseball. They're both left-handed, and they're both under control, sale through 19 and Quintana through 20 with team options. So they're just, you know, huge commodities. But I think people were a little upset about, you know, maybe you couldn't move a David Robertson or Todd Frazier or uh, Melky Cabrera. But, you know, that there may be more value in the Sox mind than in other teams' mind going to that, especially with a lot of the closers that were moved. Maybe there just weren't teams looking for a closer at that point. So... I think the Sox basic thought was that, you know, they had offers out there, they had some deals to go through, but there was nothing that they really took serious. I don't know if taking serious is the right word. Then they thought that was advanced enough where they had to even bring it to, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf. And they're gonna wait in the off season and I, I, I you know, the biggest thing Sox fans want is they want a direction, I think. And 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 the team wants that too. Rick even said no more of kind of this piecing stuff together. They want a team if they're gonna go rebuild, go rebuild, start making moves. If you're gonna go for it, go after the bigger free agents, too. So that will be played out once, you know, November begins after the World Series is over. So that's the question, then. And and as you, as somebody who watches this team, what is what, what is your expectation? I mean, they're not at this point going to clearly say one way or the other. Things can change between now and November, obviously. But what is your expectation? When, when, when we get to the offseason and they start the process of building the 2017 White Sox, which of those directions do you think they're going to go? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question, and I asked Rick on that during the conference call uh, trade deadline day after 3.01 p.m. Central time, and he didn't want to give an answer, understandably so. You have guys, you have, you know, active roster of 25, Robin Ventura coaches who are not exactly cashing in the last 50-some games. They're playing hard, trying to win as many games as possible, so, you know, they don't want to hear, oh, yeah, by the way, when the season's done, we're going full rebuild, and, you know, that's that. But I think they will go more in the rebuild direction. But but it's an interesting conundrum because of the fact that you have Chris Sale, you have Jose Quintana, you have Jose Abreu, you have Adam Eaton, all in really solid contracts. That's a pretty good nucleus right there. You have another year of Melky Cabrera. You have Todd Frazier under control. 
you have, you know, James Shields for a couple of years. You know, who isn't the same James Shields that he was James Shields when he was leading Tampa Bay to the World Series, but he's still a pretty decent, you know, back in the rotation guy. Miguel Gonzalez is a nice find. So again, it's that weird middle ground with the White Sox. I think they're going to go more rebuild, but I could see them turning around and just saying, we're going all in, we're going for it, because they have so many pieces that teams would want that they have under control right now that they can use. But the thing is, they just can't, you know, they can't, you know, they're going to need a catcher. I, I, we can go through a number of different positions they need to upgrade on, but they're going to need some things to do, and they, they need kind of an impact back because the offense has been extraordinarily inconsistent all year. So it just depends on where they see the payroll, where they want to spend, and I think they'll go from there and decide, okay, we're not going to go after the $100 million type of guys. We're going to go rebuild, and that's probably the decision that they're making as we speak right now, or that's ongoing being made, being analyzed. How much do you think this winter's market factors into that? I mean, to some extent, you have to have a long-term direction that is that is sort of independent of the market in any given winter. On the other hand, you can't ignore the realities, and the reality is that there's not a whole lot to be had this winter. There's not no. that sort of level of impact players. It's going to be awfully hard to make a team really, really good in free agency this coming right. off season. How does that factor into this decision, do you think? Yeah, you know, I, that's a good point, too. I, I should, you know, add in, they do a lot of good things through trades over the years, so that is another thing that can factor in. But you're right, I mean, that's one of the things I think that factored in with Sale and Quintana is, you know, Sox fans obviously are not happy right now. This is It's two really rough years back-to-back, and this year made even tougher because of the fact that they were 23-10 and 10 and had a six-and-a-half game lead at one point in the American League Central, albeit, you know, May 8th or May 9th, whatever it was. But you know, let's say they were going with Boston, trying to make a trade with Boston, and they're asking for Mookie Betts or Xander or Xavier Bogarts or um, Jackie Bradley Jr. as part of the deal, you know, along with Ben Attendee or Kopech or whoever else you're asking in the prospect. Well, Boston is in the thick of a playoff race, and they're not going to trade a guy who's any one of those three probably could be, you know, in the MVP voting. But maybe in the offseason, let's say they get a wild card and they go out in the first round, or the first game, I'm sorry, there is no more than one round of wild card. But they lose that game, maybe they're going to say, okay, we need to get Chris Sale, let's include Mookie Betts. So I think that's part of the market, too, where they weren't going to force anything now. But but I think you made a good point that that's why I think they're leaning. They need to change the culture. It's not like they have bad players there. They have a really good clubhouse. They've had a good clubhouse the last two years, no problems at all. And, you know, in terms of overall fit, yeah, you had the Chris Sale thing with the jerseys and all that and the Adam LaRoche thing in the spring training. But I'm saying not a problem with team chemistry. It's just not a good fit for the last two years, it seems like, on this team. And they kind of need to change the culture, which is why I think they're going to go more rebuild. Now, does that mean they're going to trade Sale and trade Quintana, which would help rebuild a, a, a growing farm system, but still, you know, a, a pretty mediocre farm system that, that needs to be rebuilt? Do they trade one or do they trade, you know, keep those two and use them as kind of, along with Rodon and Carson Fulmer and Tim Anderson, as kind of the fulcrum of the rebuild and kind of trade the guys around them. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, mean, I, I I would think still they go more rebuild because, like you said, of the market availability too. You sort of talked around this a little bit, and obviously it is the ongoing story. Chris Sale, apparently, publicly at least, everybody's kind of made up. They, this, this Everybody's saying the right things. Um, to put it really bluntly, do you buy it? Do you think that this is all squared away and good, uh, or do you think that there are still underlying issues? Yeah, you know, I've known Chris since 
you know, he came up to the majors his first game at Camden Yards and walked the guy and gave a, a line drive single to Brian Roberts. And, you know, it's been uphill ever since for him. Uh, and one thing about Chris is Chris can be furious in one moment and then let it go, you know, very shortly thereafter. He, he really is a good kid and does a lot of good things for that organization. And I think whatever it was, just a competitive – you know, I'll go back even earlier that week. He had a one-hitter into the ninth inning against Seattle. He was at 105 pitches, I want to say. And the two innings before that, he had hit a couple guys and walked a couple guys, and they pulled him in the ninth inning, and David Robertson got a four runs, and they lost him. Now, he's not blaming David Robertson, but Chris Sale has oftentimes said to me and other reporters that he hates other people to finish what he started. So I think it's the competitive nature that got the best of him. I, I, I say with Chris, the message is right. The method sometimes is not correct. And that's something as a 27-year-old, you know, that's something as someone older than 27 myself, I'm still working on. And that's something he's got to work on. So I really do believe he talked to Robin. They hashed it out. You know, are they going to spend Thanksgiving together and be the best of buddies forever? No, probably not. But I think the working relationship is fine. And, you know, I think things with his teammates are, are fine, too. They, they understand the situation. And, again, the, method, uh, the message is that he wants to win. He wants to win a title. I get it. The method may be not, not perfect in this occasion. I don't want to, to grind on this too long because it's a topic that's been discussed a lot, but I do want to follow one thing, which is I sort of wonder, and a lot of people got the impression, that the, 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 the Jersey incident was not out of nowhere. This was not one day he was upset and this blew up. You know, that, that there some underlying stuff maybe going back to the spring. And so I hear you saying they're good with him, the other part of that question is, given maybe a fairly tense year in some ways, is he good with them? Does he still want to be around to be a part of this uh, or, or have enough things built up that maybe he's sort of starting to feel some general frustration with the organization? No, absolutely he was. You know, I sat with him after the whole incident happened and talked for about 45 minutes, and he definitely wants to be part of that team. He wants to win with that team. I, I think he feels like it's easy to go somewhere that's already built up and maybe one piece away from winning a championship. He wants to be part of that team that kind of grows together and wins a title. So I think even if they go rebuild and he's the one cap, let's say they trade Quintana, or let's say they don't trade either one of them and trade around him and they're still rebuilding, I think he wants to stay there. I know he wants to stay there. And, you know, I, I think he just wants to win. That's the biggest thing. But he doesn't, he doesn't want to leave. He likes Chicago. He likes the fans in Chicago. He appreciates the fans in Chicago. He appreciates the organization. But I think the losing, you know, there was a series, I want to say, in Detroit earlier in the year where they got swept, and he was pretty blunt that day, too, where, you know, they were not playing good baseball, and I think he got a no decision at the end of the year. He doesn't really care about if he wins 20 or 80. He said before, if he goes, you know, one and one and one for the year and they win every one of his starts, he's fine by that. But, you know, he was aggravated that day, and I, I think you're right. It, the jersey was kind of a manifestation of other frustration, and that's, you know, part of not playing good baseball right now, and, and that has been spoken up in lesser terms with no jersey destruction or no yelling at Kenny Williams over his course of his tenure, too. He wants to win, but he wants to win there, and he's made that point pretty clear a number of times. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening, and thanks, Scott Merkin, for kicking some time to talk here on MLB.com Extras.
MLB.TV Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.TV Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.TV for details.